time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. These are the players, with or without a scorecard. In one corner, a machine. In the other one, Wallace V. Whipple, man. And the game? It happens to be the historical battle between flesh and steel. Between the brain of man and the product of man's brain. We don't make book on this one and predict no winner. But we can tell you that for this particular contest, there is standing room only in the Twilight Zone. Episode number 153 of The Twilight Zone was the Brain Center at Whipples. And uh, Sean, we're, we're up to 153. Um, I'm not sure if we're we're looking forward to the end of this or not. You know, it's uh, it'll be nice to tie a bow on this um, and uh, go back and listen to one of the early ones because man, we are we're, we're the, the finish line is in is in is in sight. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if uh, if this was intentional or not, but uh, man, these these last few episodes there there's there's one that I. Um, one that I kind of like, and, and the rest of them are just terrible. I hope it's the same. Actually, I don't hope it's the same one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that'd be interesting to see. Although I will say that uh, this one was directed by Richard Donner. So, I mean, it, it's and I still don't get it. <laughs> I still don't get it. Written by Rod Serling, and you know, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, this episode centers around uh, Wallace V. Whipple, which I always wonder what the V stands for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, but whenever um, they whenever they said Wallace v. Whipple, it just sounded like a uh, a court case. Uh, actually, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> now, now that you mentioned it, now now I won't be able to not see that Wallace v. Whipple in the case of robots replacing man. <laughs> the uh, the landmark in the least Wallace sca- v. Whipple. <laughs> In the least scary way possible. Uh, so I, I, I don't know uh, about you, Sean, but uh, at various times in my career, I've been downsized. So uh, really? this one, at least, you know, it, it's it's got a little bit of a human touch there. It's so weird um, because I mean, it would just be called the brain setter at at Bezos's, but like, I think that. <laughs> You know, the the message, like, obviously, probably not as heavy handed as it looks now, you know, 60 years later, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, still a, a relevant message for sure. Uh, I I think so. So uh, so Wallace V. Whipple, he owns a, uh, a manufacturing company. Um, I'm not I'm not sure I wasn't really paying attention to what they actually manufacture. We just know they, they manufacture something. You know, now you say that I didn't even bother to like <laughs> to register what that what the hell they make. Uh, it, it's Wallace V Whipple's widgets. That that's what they make there. <laughs> I know at some point there's. I didn't know if the the shot where um, people like disappear is like a, a lunchroom or if that was just an open concept office. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, by the end, it could have doubled as both actually. Very sure. Um, So Wallace decides that, uh, you know, listen, there's all this brand new technology here in the far flung future of of 1967, Um, which, by the way, so uh, this was airing in May of 1964, which 
Um, so, so that's you know, that's, that's what about six months after the Kennedy assassination? Yeah. Is that actually before or after the Beatles on Ed Sullivan? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it is Let's crazy see. that they they act like '67 is the far flung future when like Kennedy's brother will still be alive. Right. Uh, they actually their first appearance um, appearance is they they uh, made like three. Uh, Real close to each other in nineteen February of nineteen sixty four. So the Beatles era had begun at this point. Just happened. Just happened. So there, there, was barely, get off. there was barely a little bit of overlap between the Twilight Zone and the Beatles <laughs> in uh, the, the British invasion. Who knew? Uh, but they never had, had a chance had to guest star. We, we've had other uh, episodes that that sort of like comically, you know, look to the far flung future of like you know the eighties and nineties. Yeah, this is this is the most ridiculous. I think this is like the the least this is the least ambitious glimpse into the future. Like, don't get me wrong, twenty twenty six sounds like you know a long time away, but not necessarily right. like. I, I don't know that a corporate co- well. Who knows? We just went through a pandemic, so corporate <laughs> <laughs> culture can change at the drop of a hat. One day you wake up and. Someone eats a bat and the whole world changes. <laughs> right. Ex- exactly. Well, I mean, you think about it. Uh, 2026 is probably about the time we're going to land on the moon again. That seems kind of far off a little bit, you know. Sure. It's, sure. It, it's not totally uh, totally out there to say that's that's in the future. Um, you know, we'll have uh, we'll have President Ron Paul probably. Uh, and flying cars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he's he's looking ahead to uh, 1967, and he's uh, he, he's thinking, you know, I've got too much employees. I think I could teach a machine to do their job. Does that, you know, again, does that sound familiar? You know, and, and what's interesting is like this is 1967, so that's not. I mean, it was probably an issue back then, right? Like there, there's probably already jobs that that uh, you know, probably forever. There's always been jobs that yeah. ended up, you know, ended up becoming. I would machines. imagine. Yeah, I would imagine automation and downsizing has been a <laughs> since uh, since the first corporation. Yeah, I I would imagine so. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I mean, even like you know, you think of like the textile industries in the in the eighteen hundreds and everything. They they probably yeah, uh, yeah they they probably automated some things. So yeah, I, oh, yeah. I would imagine that's always been there. But but this is probably <laughs> you know, it's probably seeming further off in the future just because they're talking about uh about robots and as a matter of fact i think this may be the last time in the twilight zone since we're nearing the end that a set piece from the movie forbidden planet shows up again <laughs> and um they also they also use like the same uh mainframe as uh Oh God, the the man in the cave that we uh, watched recently. Yeah, the old man in the cave. Yeah, um, like the the mainframe that gets beat up uh, in the middle of the the episode. That's from that which, episode, and of course, which also, by the way, was recycled again as uh, femputer in Futurama. <laughs> uh, that that that's not true. Uh, Futurama is uh, animated, could, by the way. That could, <laughs> that could be the last Futurama reference. We don't know. Uh, listen, we got uh, we we got three more episodes after this. I I I have faith in us. 
I bet a rocking Bullwinkle reference is going to be made in a couple of weeks. Uh, that I could definitely see. Yeah. Um, if I had to put money on that, I would, I would say so. I've been talking trash about that episode for three years now. <laughs> so, uh, so Whipple decides he's going to, he's going to install this machine. That's going to, uh, you know, automate, uh, the factory, uh, which leads to a bunch of layoffs. Um, uh, as, as you might imagine. And, uh, you know, basically sort of like one by one, Every job, you know, sort of falls victim to this, uh, you know, to this automation thing. And, right. uh, but by the way, the, the guy who played Whipple, uh, I'm not yeah. sure that I had seen him in anything. Uh, I, I've only seen him in this and one other thing. Uh-huh. And the only other thing was uh, the, uh, the Billy Wilder uh, Spirit of St. Louis movie. Oh God! <laughs> and in that movie, he's playing basically the same character because he, he, he played he plays the guy who who runs um, like an airplane company, and the yeah. airplane company won't sell won't sell Charles Lindbergh a uh, an airplane because he's just an airmail guy. What does he know? Let me let me demonstrate. How niche of a reference that is, even for you. He is that man is uncredited in the Spirit of St. Louis movie. <laughs> really? As Charles Levine, the president of Columbia Aircraft Company, uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a special. Oh, uh, that is a that is a chef's kiss of of Keith Conradism, right there. <laughs> Oh, he was also in Piranha. I, I, I'm guessing that was a that was a later role for him. And uh, apparently, 1980s, the Happy Hooker goes to Hollywood. Uh, I did not realize that Piranha. I, now we're really getting down the rabbit hole. Uh, I did not realize that Piranha was uh, directed by Joe Joe Dante. Oh my god! So that means that it, you know, presumably, assuming that was one of his first directorial roles. That means it launched the career of Joe Dante and James Cameron because Cameron did the sequel. Jeez. Um, Before we get back to it, speaking of Joe Dante, God, he made some, uh, it was like an anthology uh, horror. um, Oh, God. Never mind. Just go. Uh, By the way, we have another uh, one of the big stars in the original Piranha movie. Was uh-huh. Kevin McCarthy? Really? Not, not that Kevin McCarthy. The oh, Kevin yeah. McCarthy from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That 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 one. Yeah. Uh, which uh, he he passed away in in 2010, so he didn't live long enough to really really become a. Oh, you know, that's a shame for, for that to really become a problem for him. But, but wow, that, that, that's I, I'm kind of impressed with myself for pulling that one out of the hat. That he was uncredited in that role, which is funny because like it it's. It's not long, but he he has a speaking role. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a major major character in the movie. In yeah, the story, that, I haven't seen it, but I would imagine so. <laughs> I'm just assuming since you brought it up that, that it's probably uh, um, uh, his his name. By the way, is uh, Richard Deacon. That's that's the actor, and he he's no longer with us. Like like most of the uh, stars of the Twilight Zone, he's he's no longer with us. He passed away in 1984. If nothing else, this this podcast has been a love letter to those who have uh, who have passed on. <laughs> uh, which, which, by the way, speaking of 
you know, people dying in 1984 while we're on, you know, falling down the rabbit hole here. Uh, do you think like, so I was alive in 1984. Sure. Um, so was uh, I. Yeah. Okay. But, but neither of us were really old enough to really, you know, necessarily know what was going on. I mean, I remember being on Bozo the circus when I was two, but that, that's one of my early memories. Yes. Oh my God. I think you may have told me that before. That's, that's really, that is awesome. Um, that is... We, we, we didn't, uh, didn't do the grand prize game or anything. We were just in the audience, but we, we, <laughs> the, the, the tape actually exists and you can see like, Oh my God. Mo- mostly it's my brother, and my mom, because I yeah. was crawling around most of the floor, the, the floor yeah, yeah, most sure. of the time. Uh, but there, there is definitely, we were, we were like strategically <laughs> placed right behind Bozo. So, you, you know, like when you're, when you're yeah. watching it, you can see it. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think that in 1984, like every like the the book 1984 was like uh, you know uh, everybody you know jumped to the bestseller list and you know there was a presidential election then so probably yeah, no matter sure. who you were voting for you thought like the other guy was going to bring about 1984 yeah they were big brother yeah the the, the other guy <laughs> is, is obviously always big brother it's 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 never you. I'm sure it did, you know, in the same way, uh, <laughs> Space Odyssey, uh, you know, popularized that year, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, could could be. Uh, uh, t- 2010, the year we made contact, that, that didn't really have the same staying power as, uh, as 2001, but you know, I, mean, I made at least a lot nine... of jokes about it that year. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can walk down the block without seeing people with 2001 Space Odyssey t-shirts. No, no, you couldn't. And then, and then they just, re-released it. That just made it worse. Oh God, yeah. Uh, so, so Whipple is uh, is arguing with all his employees about uh, you know they they think they're valuable. He disagrees because he has to pay them. So he doesn't. Uh, he l- listen. He doesn't want to pay uh, people to work for him. I mean, literally, we fought a civil war over that. So I, I think that this this question has been around for a while now. They definitely make um, Mr. Whipple uh, the bad guy. I can't say that I'm not on. I don't know. I'm not totally against him. I mean, sometimes you got to balance the sheets and let people move on to the next, you know, Wish emerging well industry. Endeavors. Exactly. You know, people can't dig coal their entire lives. Sometimes you got to move on to, you know, other other industries. Well, I mean, the the least he could do is you know offer some sort of training for that next endeavor. True, very true, hundred yeah. percent on board with that. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I was about to say I, I'm I'm lucky because I'm I'm in sort of like a creative field where that probably couldn't happen. But with ChatGPT, you just oh my god, it's er- everybody's coming. up for grabs now. I'm telling you, it's you got to uh, find out. We got to invent something. <laughs> Well, I mean, re- remember, and, and this, I, I, th- there's no way this is going to be our last Simpsons reference, but uh, re- remember, um, re- remember the episode where uh, where Bart and Lisa went to military school. Yes, and the commandant <laughs> is giving this speech uh, at graduation, and he says, uh, ba- basically, the the wars of the future will be fought by robots, and your mission is clear <laughs> to build and maintain those robots. <laughs> And, and and so you know that that's what these people have to do. They have, they have to learn how to build and maintain the robots, and it and it's all fun and games for for uh, Mister Whipple, 
until uh, the people above him decide that they can bring in a robot to do his job. And that's where Robbie the Robot comes in. Yes. And, you know, that's that's actually where I um, where my brain was like at the end. They need somebody to make sure Robbie the Robot doesn't break down. And, you know, he requires a lot of maintenance. Oh, big time. I mean, just look at him. But so if you're watching this on May 15th, 1964, do you recognize that as Robbie the Robot? Is that like a tongue in cheek? Like, is that a cameo by Robbie the Robot or is it just no. piece, supposed to be a robot? Ooh, let, let's see if, if he's listed in the credits because, I mean, he is in. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So, so. Much like a Robert De- uh, Richard Deacon in uh, in Spirit of St. Louis, it's <laughs> Robbie the Robot on IMDb. It says Robbie the Robot uncredited. Oh come on! Well, hey, still counts. Still counts. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I would imagine you would recognize if you're watching the Twilight Zone, you have seen, um, uh, you have seen Forbidden Planet. So. <laughs> Probably there, there's definitely some crossover between the, uh, the the two audiences there. the The funny thing is, like, I would imagine that the Twilight Zone was not the only show like re rehashing those sets. Yeah, I yeah. noticed it every single time. I was like Leonardo DiCaprio, just like, oh yeah, that, that's a <laughs> that's a set from uh, Forbidden Planet. Uh, hey, I that, would imagine people were not quite as uh, quite as obsessive about that. I mean, I don't know if, if you can see behind me. I literally have a poster for Forbidden Planet yes. behind me. So, <laughs> um, the episode was parodied in the future Rama episode, Bender Rama. Of course, it was, it, and I mean, it, it's actually kind of interesting because Bender on Futurama is powered by alcohol, <laughs> and uh, in Forbidden Planet, one of the crew members has Robbie the robot make him a bunch of alcohol. So, it kind of ties in that way. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, the moral of this story is, uh, you know, don't downsized lest ye be downsized. And always have one person to maintain the last robot standing. There are many bromides applicable here. Too much of a good thing, tiger by the tail. As you sow, so shall ye reap. The point is that too often man becomes clever instead of becoming wise. He becomes inventive, but not thoughtful. And sometimes, as in the case of Mr. Whipple, he can create himself right out of existence. Tonight's tale of oddness and obsolescence from the Twilight Zone. Gabatron?